On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, Setting the Captives Free will encourage you to use the tools of your own personal freedom to help others experience their own personal victory to be all God has called them to be. Welcome to Setting the Captives Free. I'm so excited to be able to share this with you. In August of 1982, my wife and I, Susan, experienced fully the ministry that's described in Luke 4, 18 and 19. And that's what this is, the entire uh, teaching is based upon. I want to read this. This is Luke chapter 4, verse 18, 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And when I... My point is that what happened, I grew up in church, and um, but I, I did not know the things of the Spirit. I didn't know any of this. And in that meeting in August of 82, I got filled with the Spirit. I got a revelation of the love of the Father. I got literally delivered from some demonic spirits, physically healed. I'd had back surgery a few weeks before and completely healed of that. My life was changed forever. And immediately what happened in both of our lives, my wife and myself, is that we wanted to, not only we were excited about what God had done in our lives, we wanted to share with other people what Jesus had done for us. And we began to pray with people and share with people, and that set us into a course of which we've never deviated from. Uh, we've been chasing after God and, and helping people get free because this ministry and we're going to look at it here in more detail in just a second. But the point is, is that I just did, growing up in church and never really received the fullness of what Jesus had done. That changed my life forever. And really, my desire from the, when we started the church a number of years ago is to help people discover the freedom and the reality of everything that Jesus has done, but also to equip us to go do the same thing. And that's really what we've been doing ever since. And we have loved praying with people, sharing with people, to see freedom come into people's lives. Again, this ministry of Jesus, not only is it for us, but it's for us to be able to help others experience the same thing. So my prayer is that not only as we go through this material, that you would discover the same thing, but that it would so activate you and equip you so that you can then do the same thing with other people. Now, we have a manual. I encourage you to download the manual. Um, you don't have to have it, but at the same time, I am going to be following through on that. So if you're going to go to chapter one, see the ministry of Jesus, this is so important. Acts 10, 38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. One verse captures the essence of Jesus in his ministry. Um, it was God who anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed because God was with him. He's with us, and he wants us to do the same thing. I want to look again at this Luke 4, 18 and 19. I want to break it down for us. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Well, he's anointed me. It's the Holy Spirit that anoints us. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We, we need him. 
All ministry is done by the power of the Spirit. It's not by our cleverness. It's not by our, us being so, so cute and, and knowing so much. No, it's about Him. It's His power. And the first thing He's called us to do is to preach the gospel to the poor. So every session here as we follow through, we're going to talk about these various aspects and talk about what does that mean? What does it mean to preach the gospel? We need to be clear and we need to be uh, have the ability to share the truth of God's word. But he came to preach the gospel to the poor. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted. He heals our emotions. Not only does he save us, but he understands that if we're living in this world, there's a lot of hurt and pain in this world. But he comes to heal us, to heal the brokenheartedness, to heal means to be crushed, literally. Uh, it says we're to proclaim liberty to the captives, um, we've not talked a lot about demons or, or deliverance, but Jesus came to set us free, free from bondage. It's not problem-free living, but he came to set us free so that we can be who he's called us to be. Usually, that activity affects our will, keeps us bound up so we can't really do the will of God. He comes to free us in that area. He comes to recover sight to the blind, uh, physical healing. Uh, he is our healer. And he wants us to, and we're going to look at that. We're going to talk about how do we release his healing to his people? How do we walk in healing? How do we walk in health? And how do we help others do the same thing? It said that he also set at liberty those who are oppressed. Wow, there is so much oppression in this world today. There's de depression, there's oppression, there's all kinds of things. He came to set us free, set us at liberty. I mean, this is his ministry, setting the captives free. And the last thing is to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Wow, that's an amazing thing. That's actually a reference to the year of Jubilee. And I would encourage you to go read in Leviticus. I know you may not be reading in Leviticus a lot, but Leviticus 25 and 26, it talks about the year of Jubilee. What the year of Jubilee was, was a complete release of debt. It was a restoration of property that, that people had, because they'd gotten into debt, had lost their property. But it was the, the 50th year or the seven sevens, which was 40 down. When it was completed, the property was restored to the family. Debts were released. If you had even become an indentured servant, you were set free. So everything that Jesus quotes here out of Isaiah 61, which we're going to look at here in just a moment. Everything here has to do with freedom. Jesus came to set us free. He came to save us, heal us, deliver us, restore us to a relationship with Father, and then set us about where we can then do the same ministry and help and be a, be a representative of Him. So that's what we're going to look at. This is going to be an exciting time. But as we go there, I'm going to go back to, he, he quotes this passage out of uh, Isaiah. Now, we know today we have numbers and chapters and headings in our Bible. They didn't have that in that day, but we know that he quotes this passage out of Isaiah 61. I'm going to read a little bit more of this. So if you have your Bible or your electronic device, I'd encourage you to go to Isaiah 61, and we're going to read the first four verses. So the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Now, I'm reading from the New King James Version. If you're reading from a different version, it's going to read a little different. But basically, these are all saying the same thing. 
He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So let me just stop here and make a comment. This ministry that Jesus quotes, and then he actually does, uh, all of it is for one reason. It's so that he may be glorified. That He loves setting us free. He loves taking us out of the hand of the enemy, out of bondage, out of all the hurt and pain that's in this world. He loves taking us and then literally setting us free and we're, it, we're a presentation to him. He's glorified by that. He it demonstrates to the enemy of his the complete demise and, and defeat. But it's not doesn't stop there. Verse 4 says, and they, who's they? Well, they are the ones that he set free. They shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Wow. So not only does Jesus come to set us free, but he's not setting us free. He's not giving us a ticket to heaven. He is setting us free, and he's healing us of our hurts and our wounds instead of of ashes, he gives us beauty. Instead of heaviness, he gives us the garment of praise. He gives us the oil of joy so that we can come alive in him. And then what we get to do, we get to then be used to go rebuild, restore, and completely revitalize everything that the enemy has done, especially in our lives, our family's lives, and those that are closest to us. God wants to use us. Isn't that exciting? I mean, that is so exciting for us to be able to, to be, to do that, to be a part of that. That's what he's after. Now, go back to Luke 4. When he quotes this passage of Scripture, now again, it says that these are scrolls in those days, and so uh, what would typically happen is that when they would come into the synagogue, they would hand the rabbi or whoever's teaching that day, a scroll. They would read from the scroll, and then when they got through, they would hand it back to the attendants, and then basically everybody would sit down and they would teach. So this is what happened. This is Luke chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. He closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. So you can picture this scene. So he, he takes the scroll, he hands it back to the attendants, they take it out of the way, and then they all sit down. And that's what they would typically do. He would sit down to teach and to share. So they're all, they're all ready, they're watching. Okay, he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I, I'm sure they're sitting there going, uh, what? I mean, that, that passage, that's about you? And that's exactly what he said. And see, the interesting thing is today is still today. Every day that you hear that, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. He does not change. So he's still setting the captives free. He is still doing the same thing that he's always done. And he is wanting to use us to release that ministry 
to the world around us. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus Christ came to set us free. This is his ministry. He's setting us free so that we can represent him and so that we can, he can be glorified and as he sets us free. And at the same time, we get to participate and we get to go and help restore and rebuild everything that's been ruined in not only in our lives, but in other people's lives. Don't you want to do that? That's what I, that's what I wanted to do. I think everybody wants to do that because that's God's heart. He wants us to not just get saved. He doesn't want us just to get filled with the Spirit. He wants us just to get to get experience His freedom. He wants us to be used to help others experience the same thing. So this is a complete release. Jesus came to set us free. Now, I want to uh, I want to just do a little review here, and I, and I recognize that you may be watching this. Uh, you may have picked this one time. We've got other. Advanced Foundation teaching that we do, equipping in our equipping series. And I want to sort of give you a sort of the pattern of what we're looking at here. In Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, this is when Jesus began his ministry. Now realize Jesus had been a, um, a son in Joseph's home, uh, his mother Mary, and he had done no ministry at all. Luke chapter 3, we have a recording in verse 21. So when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. He prayed, the heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and in you I'm well pleased. Now, we have an entire series on love, identity, and purpose, which we take this passage and we expand on it. But I want to do just a little review here because I want to set the stage for the, the ministry we're talking about, setting the captives free. Jesus had done no ministry. Uh, Jesus comes to be water baptized. Now, John, in one account, says, oh, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you need to baptize me. He says, no, so that Scripture can be fulfilled. Now, Jesus did not need to be born again. So he was born of the Spirit. But he clearly establishes a pattern for us. The pattern is we need to be born again, and we need to be water baptized. Water baptism doesn't save us, but what water baptism does is it brings us into a complete identity into him. And you can read about that in Romans chapter 6. We go into detail talking about that. But really, Jesus is water baptized. We need to be water baptized. He said, as he prayed, he came up out of the water and he's praying, said the Holy Spirit came in bodily form upon him. Now, again, that's not a born again experience. That's the empowering of the Spirit. So when we go to Luke chapter four, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. That was what happened when he was water baptized. So he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and the Father speaks from heaven and said, you are my beloved son, and you, I'm well pleased. So we, if we're going to do the ministry, Luke 4, 18 and 19, we have to be born again. We've got to receive the Holy Spirit, and we've got to hear literally the Father say that you are his beloved. He loves us, and he cares for us. He wants us to be used, but first and foremost, he wants to bring us into relationship with him. 
It's not about doing the work. It's about being a son or a daughter of the Most High God. He wants to anoint us with the Holy Spirit, but it's not just about, he's got angels if he needs something done. He's wanting us to join him in extending his ministry. And But it's been important, number one, that we've obviously got to be born again. Number two, we need to be water baptized. Number three, we need to have the Holy Spirit come upon us. Number four, we need to receive his amazing love. Now, again, I'm just doing a little review here, but you're going to see the pattern of Jesus himself is our pattern. So Jesus showed us exactly what to do. Now, in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, He being filled with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit, he was was led in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Didn't eat for 40 days. That whole passage of Scripture all the way through, I think it's Luke... uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 14, is we've got an entire teaching on that called basic training. And the reason for this is because we need to understand that Jesus, again, is our model. So Jesus was water baptized. Holy Spirit came upon him. Father spoke from heaven. The Holy Spirit fills him and leads him into the wilderness. And basically, that's where he dealt with the enemy. And he dealt with really what happened through the garden the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. He overcame the enemy, and he set some keys here for us to understand. Again, follow with me. If we're going to do the works of Jesus and be used to do Luke 4, 18 and 19, we've got to make sure we follow the pattern of what Jesus went through. So he established all this so that we could be effective in not only getting free, but also in helping others get free. First thing he did was the devil challenged him and said, are you really the son of God? If you are, do some kind of trick. And he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds in the mouth of God. So it's imperative for us that if we're going to do the works of Jesus, we've got to be in the word and we've got to live by the word of God. I can't live by my emotions. I can't live by my feelings because I can they're not reliable. I can't live by my circumstances or situations in life because they're, they're going to change. I have to be anchored in the Word of God. I have to live by every Word of God. The second temptation, the devil said, he said, oh, listen, I'll give you all this authority, uh, all the kingdoms of the world, if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you worship uh, another key thing is that God wants our whole heart. He's looking for those who worship him in spirit and truth. And so he wants us to understand the power of really focusing on him. Again, everything in this world is screaming at us. But the reality is he wants us to, to set our gaze upon him. Worship is what you adore. Worship is basically what you give your attention to. It's what you value. So if you value the Lord and value him, you'll be captivated by him. You'll be captivated by his word, and you're going to be captivated, and you're going to be so enthralled with him that you're going to want to do his work and do his ministry. The third thing is that uh, the last temptation there says you should not tempt the Lord your God. It's a direct reference to the children of Israel who murmured and complained. And I think we've got to be real careful that we watch 
what we say and how we say things and not griping, complaining, and murmuring about all the things that are going on. God wants us to recognize that while we are sons and daughters of God, it's a new way of thinking. So when we talk about the pattern that's been established and what we're going to talk about at Luke 4, 18 and 19, we, we cannot just jump ahead and start going through this and, okay, we need all this. We do, but first and foremost, you need to be sure that you're born again. Do you really know Jesus Christ? Not just know about him, but do you have a relationship with the living Christ? That's really what God wants. Have you been water baptized? And you need to understand the power of what that identification and what that represents. Uh, if being buried with Christ, dead to your sin, but you've been made alive to live forever with Christ. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to take a whole section and talk about that. But the point is, you need the powering of the Spirit of God in your life. And then you need to hear the Father say, you're his beloved. He does. He loves us. He didn't love us because we did something. He didn't love Jesus because he had done something. He loved him because he was a son. He was walking in simple obedience to be water baptized and receive the Spirit. That's how Father sees us. He sees us the same way. He loves us. He is the very best in store for us. And then we need to recognize that God is working in us to not to hurt us, but to help us. He is trying to take us from a place of living in this world where our mindset is set on the things of this world to changing the way we think to where we understand that the kingdom of God is here, his rule and reign is here, and he wants us to move over and start living differently because we think differently. And it's the only way to do that is by and through the word of God. It's that we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's the only way it can happen is by and through the word of God. So we've got to come to that place to where we recognize that man doesn't live by bread alone. Man lives by the word of God. Recognizing that this whole issue of worship is the whole issue of what has got your attention. I'm going to tell you something. The world, the devil, and the flesh are constantly trying to get your attention. Everything in this world, every problem, every care is screaming at you to try to get your attention because that's what the devil wants. If he can get your eyes off of Jesus, if he can get your mind captivated, you will be of no value at all. So when we talk about these things, then what happens when we get our mind off Jesus, you know what happens? We start griping and complaining. We start murmuring about every problem. We see every problem. Instead of seeing something from God's perspective as something that he wants to reach in and touch and change, we look at it and go, oh my gosh, look at this. Look what's going on in my life. Look what's going on in their life. And we start griping and complaining and murmuring about all the problems. There are lots of problems. There are lots of problems probably in your life. Lots of problems in all of our lives. If you want to focus on that, Listen, whatever you focus on is going to grow. And that's why it's so important for us to recognize if we want to be used of God, we want to do the Luke 4, 18 and 19, God is wanting us to, to embrace what he has done, the fullness of the cross, the complete payment for us so we can do what he's done. Now, I want to pray for us. And I just want to pray that really what God does is, is captivate our heart not only do we, does he set us free, but then he would use us to set others free. 
Let's pray. Father, we love you and bless you, and we thank you for the amazing love that you have demonstrated to us. We thank you, Lord, that you have set us free. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to not just walk in freedom, but you'd help us to be dispensers of freedom. We thank you so much that when you went to the cross, you took our sin, you took our sickness, took our shame, you literally died our death. The punishment that we deserved, you took so that we could have life and have it more abundant. So I pray, Lord, now that everyone that would be watching and listening here, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to really fully embrace everything that you've done for us, that we would be those sons and daughters that get to represent you. We'd first receive your ministry of Luke 4, 18 and 19, and then we'd be equipped to really go set the captives free and to be used the way you want us to be used. Lord, we want to represent you. Lord, we thank you for freedom. We thank you, you came to set us free. We thank you, Lord, that you're still setting us free. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in our hearing. Today, today, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.